guys. Thanks for joining us again for Riding Through the Ages. I'm Eugene. And I'm Eric. And we're going to continue our revolving journey through the eras of Common Rider with episode four of season one. It, uh, it aired April 24th, 1971. It was written by Shinichi Ichikawa and Masayuki Shimada. And it was directed by Itaro Rita. And it's titled The Man-Eating Saracenian. Saracenian. It's a type of flower. Yeah. Um, so uh, it could be either translated man-eating or carnivorous or cannibal. The point is it, it eats people. It eats people. Um, but it wouldn't technically – that all depends on what yeah, you can say. Because if, if, if it's not – that's the problem with cannibal. Cause, <laughs> yeah. Like the people are always talking about Attack on Titan. They're like they're cannibals. No, they're not. Yeah, they're they not, eat people. Though. I mean, that's it, like saying that a a tiger is a cannibal. The tiger's right. not a cannibal. The tiger exactly. just eats people. Unless the tiger eats another tiger. Yeah, that's when it becomes cannibalism. I mean, so I guess I guess the argument is that you can turn into a titan. I don't know. That's kind of weird. Know. I've, I, I've I haven't gotten that far. Uh, actually, one of the the interesting things is uh, fun fact. Um, Komodo dragons can eat their own without any ill effects. Oh, even though they're uh, poisonous? Or are they venomous? No. It, Komodo dragons are neither. They just have such dirty mouths that their bacteria in their mouth is making them one of the most dangerous bites ever. Okay, so it's not that they're poisonous by nature. It's just that they're, they're immune to pretty much everything else, so they just <laughs> keep it. Gross. It's kind of like bats. Bats just like hold viruses in them all over the place and they mm. just ignore them little sky puppies yeah so uh the writer there's two writers on this one yep and one writer this is the only thing he ever did and ever. then the other writer wrote some more later on and then the director this is the same guy who who directed the bad episode the bad episode so i'm thinking it might start off a little bit more creepy see if there's a theme there i think saracenian is uh they're a type of vine hmm. i mean I don't know. I don't think Venus flytraps are part of it, but yeah. So there's going to be a plant. Yeah. See, because from the directing style, I mean, I haven't had enough. Uh, uh, we haven't seen enough episodes for me to draw like a, a permanent conclusion just yeah. from the difference between two and one and three, right? Yeah. So I don't expect to see any uh, thigh high, uh, creepy girls walking menacingly for no reason. But I do expect to see. I'm well. I don't expect, but I'm assuming I'll see like eh, five minutes of weird horror opening i think i mean it's been a while since i watched this episode so i if i remember correctly this is one of the episodes where you get a little not like more into hongo's past but a little more of like hongo as a character i think oh thank god for that i don't remember if it's this one or the next one so maybe this is the week he jumps up we'll find out (laughs) uh so so based on you you doing he's he's like number three i think i think right now yeah three and then valkyrie is after yeah i can check but i'm not going to yeah we'll, we'll worry about that when the time yeah comes. uh so yeah some plant monster type shenanigans and this is the this is a 71 episode so it's going to be interesting mm-hmm. it's still they're still trying to figure out what they are right and then if if it is a vine creature like you say it's just kind of funny i hope they they do like a <laughs> Like a stop motion sort of uh, plants growing over somebody. Thing. Well, there's always I don't know if they have it in this. There's always that thing where they they wrap a person up in vines, and the person is like flipping and flooring themselves around to make it look like the vine is yeah, controlling them. But it's them. obvious them just doing backflips and something. I can like only that. imagine. I mean, that's one of the things that I like about watching this season is uh, the how they get bad get by with horrible, horrible special. Effects. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't have the the high techs. They just have to expand foam and we make got it. ten dollars for this episode. The rest of it went to costume budget. It's like, yeah. okay, well, I've got some green string. <laughs> I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. Okay, we are gonna watch that. All right. See you soon, guys. And we're back. Initial thoughts. It was a good episode. I, th- I think they're sh- starting to finally get what they're trying to do. Yeah. There's yeah. a couple things in this episode that like, are this is what Common Rider's about. Right. Right. I, I could pick up on that. I mean, it, it seemed a lot more, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Focused. 
focused, yeah. Yeah, it seems a lot more focused. You know, they've they've just been figuring out what they're going to be doing in this fourth episode. Yeah, they're kind of like dipping their toes in the water. Figuring out what's working and things like mm-hmm. that. So start out with the opening again. Yep. Uh, it's growing on you still? Yeah, no, it's still it's still there. It's still good. I mean, they keep picking up more of the Japanese words as we go along. Like, oh, yeah, no, I know that part now, too. It's not just the not just the English. Yeah. <laughs> You're not just singing, ride or jump, ride or kick. <laughs> <laughs> so the actual episode starts out. It's got their little four or five ep- clips from the show, and then right. it moves on to the actual episode, which is uh, Ruriko and her friend, Hiromi, Mm-hmm. who I initially thought the first time I saw her went off character. Yeah, you know, um, it took a minute for me to remember her from episode one because she was there for two seconds, did some sort of... I think she's she was in the second episode because she was the sounding board for Ruko about oh, thinking yeah. that Hongo killed her dad. Yeah, okay, I remember that too, but... And I don't think she was in the third episode no not at all i know that for sure but But yeah and then she was in this one she had a bigger role in this one she still she still has less of a role than ruriko for sure but at least she's now like somebody who's kind of aware of i think this is the first time she was named yeah (laughs) um it it opens up in and that was it muka muka go muka gooka or something like that yeah it's a like a amusement park yeah see i was wondering because i it looked like they had the teacup ride and and whatnot so I always wonder about the difference between an amusement park and a theme park. Yeah, right. I think a theme park has one theme. Maybe that's uh, why it's called a theme park. It just park. seems so... Well, like, <laughs> I've gone to places in Japan that are called amusement parks, but they don't have, like, rides and stuff like that. Yeah. They just have amusements. They have things that they do. Yeah. I went to went to a place, and it was, it was Gyoza Alley. <laughs> uh, you know, Gyoza? Uh-huh. Um, for those who don't know, we call gyoza is like in several countries, and most Americans know them as pot stickers. Right, pretty much pot stickers. Uh, pot stickers are like the more Chinese version of them. There's a Japanese version gyoza. Uh, there's even when I was in Nepal, they have a Nepali version called momos. Mm. Um, they're always delicious. But this place was called Gyoza Alley, and it was a bunch of small booths. And each place had a gyoza stand, and it was like an offshoot of a gyoza store all through Japan. And so there was like 20 or 30 of these places, and each one had their different gyoza from their different place that was somewhere in Japan. But the entire place was themed as like a 1950s Japan, like just post-war, World War II. See, it just sounds like somewhere I want to go. Like all the tables, all the tables were actually... Those huge spools, wooden oh. spools and stuff like that. And we sat on like egg crates and stuff like that. That'd be cool. Yeah. But there was also a whole part of the amusement park thing is that you could get a little scanner type thing. And it was like a ghost hunt thing that you could do with like you can like scan codes and like you'd be hunting ghosts through the whole place and stuff like that. Huh. But it was inside of a mall. Okay. So I, I am curious what the difference between amusement and a, and a theme park is, though. It might just be whatever they feel like calling it. Yeah, just like whatever. It's it, like I was no wondering difference. what it takes to be called a resort. Yeah. Uh, w- nothing. <laughs> just somebody says it's a resort. Here just, you are. You just there's no requirements for a resort. <laughs> anyway, so it's this uh, amusement park, theme park type thing, and they're going on like teacup rides, right? And they're, they're just having things fun. like that, but in the amusement park is a greenhouse. Yeah. The, what do they call it? A flower orange tree? Yeah. Basically just a botanical garden. Yeah. Botanical, uh, uh, an indoor botanical garden. Mm-hmm. So climate control and stuff like that. Yeah. So it, it turned, the, the camera turns away from the characters we know who are enjoying the, the amusement park. And then it goes over to this uh, brother and sister that are in the botanical garden. Uh, and this is when, do you know what the Wilhelm scream is? Mm-mm. The Wilhelm scream is the ah, scream that you hear on a million movies and oh, stuff like okay. that. Yeah. And it is the most used sound effect in everything. They throw it into every movies and stuff like that. And in my mind, 
there is a Japanese Wilhelm scream, which is the little boy saying, I don't want to. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It's in a million things. Nah. <laughs> and so that I was oh. That is something about older shows, especially older Japanese shows. The sound always seems a bit off. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's it's just probably technology of the it's way. It's gotta be. Um less ADR mm-hmm. and uh all that stuff. But it always seems like the sound's a little bit off on seventies, especially Japanese. Especially Japanese, yeah. yeah. And probably technology wise and stuff like that, but you, we 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 can tell because we're watching the revolving thing, mm-hmm. and like and when we go to Kuga, sounds spot on. Yep, yeah, definitely takes a giant leap within the twenty years, you know. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's this brother and sister, and they're just looking around these plants, and he goes up to a plant. It's obviously fake. It's a made-up plant. Like the fakest looking plant in the... Like, almost it's everything like, looks it's, like it could be a real plant. This one looks like... It's, it's a paper mache plant, yeah. set, obviously. Uh, because it's a giant plant. Yeah, it's huge. It's a giant... Uh, sorry to say... We'll probably say it a million different ways differently throughout right, this episode. Yeah. Um, which is actually a plant that's indigenous to North America. Mm-hmm. That's what they, they even... I think she was reading off the Yeah, uh, she had a book and she was written. Which so, in my mind, I'm like, why would you have a North American plant? And then I'm realized, oh, it's Japanese. That's exotic. Yeah, it's exotic in Japan here. It's just normal. But <laughs> yeah. I guess it grows in uh, subtropical <laughs> wetlands. I mean, it's it's like it's equivalent to an American having a koi. Right. Oh, look at this. It's, it's, it's just a u- unique. And <laughs> uh, they were... Literally in deranged dishes in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're everywhere. Yeah. Whatever. It's just a carp. Trash fish. They were supposed to be very bad for eating. And so the kid, she's reading uh, like a guidebook. Pretty much, yeah. Walking through the garden. Uh, he goes off and he's looking at another plant. And the plant turns into a monster through just... Fade screen. Just, yeah, just like it's there, and then... I mean, you only then, had three effects, and... Right. Um, this is one of those where they very clearly took a shot of the guy standing in the same spot, and then they took a shot of the, the plant, and then they just kind of flashed the screen, and then, whoop, there he is. Incredibly different from the transition we got from the double episode on the bus when they were... Ch- when, when he changed into double on the moving bus. Right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was... A, I still don't know how they did that yeah, one. The, the budget was definitely there. <laughs> uh, sp- budget, effects, just all that. Um, so this is the first look at the plant. Well, it's a Sarasanian man, but I'm just going to call Dang. him Plant Man. To We're going to call him Plant Man, the cyborg. <laughs> plant he's, cyborg. He's just a plant man. Yeah. It's, it makes um, it so much easier. What do you think of his look? Um, I like his suit a lot better than the other suits. As far as, I mean, the bad guy, like... Uh, monster suits right the monster suits so far it's the most articulate i suppose kaijin suits is what they're called mm. kaijin is uh the ger- generic term for monsters in like common rider so i guess that makes sense because i think kaiju itself is it's giant word. monster yeah giant monster. Uh, kaijin is what they're usually referred to in most common rider shows unless there's um a specific name for them and even then right let's call them kaiju kaijin and yeah, it's a more uniform-looking suit. Mm-hmm. It looks... He's got these, like... He's got these sort of, like, ram horn things, but they're, they're vines that come off his head and then reattach. Yeah. And surprisingly, the character has a lot of personality without ever speaking a line in the entire show. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a fact. <laughs> you know, it's like he's making... Basically, the entire episode, he's doing these little goat bleats. Um, <laughs> which kind of looks goatish actually it looks like a plant he does kind of look like a plant goat you know now that, that, you, now that you mentioned the horns yeah, <laughs> yeah. no but it, it sounded like yeah, yeah um it's the same type of noise that most of the shocker soldiers make yeah but i've noticed that e- e- they make an higher e sound See, but they, they, it sounds like they're trying to make it and i've noticed this is one of the things i was going to bring up is that with episode two the bat had its bat people that made bat sounds mm. and with episodes one and three it wasn't really that um, prominent if they ever made sounds, but episode four, we're back to the guards communicating with similar. It's not necessarily. It's definitely not the same as the the plant man's bleats, but they're it's definitely, a similar like. Ah, ah, 
yeah, it's like they're they're custom made underlings, which we've you know found through the other episodes. Yes. Yeah. So uh, the plant man grabs the girl. Yeah, vine whip does thirteen damage. <laughs> thirteen damage critical. Um, I have her name somewhere. It's like Yuri, I think, or something. Yuri or something like that. Yeah, we'll just call her sister. Yeah, the um, sister gets vine whipped, and he like drags her close to him, and basically, they disappear into the dirt. Like he just sucks her down into a the plant soil. Yeah, and they do a scene fade where she's pulled down, and they scene fade back in the bl- black, and the kid sees it. He sees her, and he's on a John, and. Then it cuts back to Ruko and Hiromi. They're outside, mm-hmm. and they're they're kind of walking by the botanical garden. It doesn't look like they might go in or not. Right. They're walking by it, and um, the kid, we learn his name is Ken. Mm-hmm. He walks by, and he's crying, and he's a child actor. Yeah, and thing. <laughs> for the whole first, I want to say 10 minutes, he's probably crying. I mean almost every scene and it's just the worst crying so annoying i mean you accept it for what it is like (laughs) whenever you find a good child actor that's amazing but usually they're just trash it's like "Eh, eh, eh." (laughs) it's like please just stop (laughs) um but they see a crying kid and they're good decent people and so they're they say what's going on, and he right. says a monster's eating my, um, eating my sister. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts straight to Tachibana. Right. So the thing is that it, this is the first time they do it, but they zoom in on this kid's jacked teeth. I oh mean, yeah, he's missing a couple teeth, and then and, on, and worse than that, the ones he has are like these weird. <sighs> he's got a couple broken. It it looks like he probably got hit in the face. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, there is children's teeth, so nobody's worried about fixing them because they'll go away yeah they're gonna go away so he has he's missing one tooth and his other front tooth is broken and so yeah he just has a really messed up grill (laughs) but it's almost refreshing because he looks like a real kid yeah i mean with everybody else's teeth looking so great i mean he looks like a kid that is outside playing and he yeah tripped and fell smacked his face off the pavement now he can't cry right yeah (laughs) um yeah he's Broken tear ducts. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's what it um, is. And it cuts straight to Tachibana, which this is pretty much all we get of Tachibana, but he's... Yeah, he's, this episode's kind of Tachibana light. Yeah. Um, he's... There's there's heavier Tachibana episodes, just Good. so you know. Good. <laughs> um, him and... Uh, Hongo, him and Hongo are at Cafe More. Is it about... Amor, okay. More... Well, the cafe, the cafe, um, and it basically the cutaway implies that they just heard this news, the same thing when he told her rather than waste our time with having to hear it twice. Yeah, it's it. He's they did a cut scene and it's like, oh, thank you. You know, OK. It's how like when you're reading in a book and it says, and then I told him everything. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Which I'm like, thank you. Yes, thank you. She uh, they're explaining and Hongo's says, did you talk to the staff? Yeah, did you talk to the staff? And um, Ryuko's like, Ryuko says that the staff just didn't even bother looking because the story didn't seem believable. Yeah, it just sounded ridiculous, so why do it? Yeah. And then it goes to his inner monologue, I think, and uh, he says well, that. I think it goes to the the guy behind the counter. Oh, yeah, the kid's like, yeah, don't don't cause trouble for others, the, basically. The, the, the guy behind the counter, who just is a staff member. Just at, random, random waiter. Says you shouldn't be lying to adults. Right. He was, I, I imagine if we go back and rewatch episode one, he probably was the one that got pushed out of the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. He gets no respect because he's he's that kind of guy. Um, And then it goes into Hongo's internal monologue yeah. where Hongo. He's like, no, I believe this kid because I think six people this disappeared. This is, an, um, you can look for it. This is an ongoing thing especially with the Showa common writers, that they are friends to children. Okay, yeah. And uh, they believe them. Right. Which is a, actually a pretty good message for kids, mm-hmm. that if you tell somebody the truth, that they'll believe you. Right, so that way they're not afraid to go look for help and stuff. Yeah. But in this case... Um, it, it sounds like he's crazy. Not only does he believe them just because, but he also 
has heard that six people have disappeared yes. recently. Six people have disappeared around the but this botanical garden. Which that that right there, this is the only plot hole so far in the episode that I uh, the only one I can recall off the top of my head. Because if you've had six people reported missing from your botanical garden, a kid comes tells you that a plant ate his sister. Yeah, maybe something's going on. Regardless of whether or not a plant really did eat his sister, you still should you like I don't even know like at least obligated. The only thing I can think of is that he said around that botanical garden, right. And it doesn't necessarily mean even in the amusement park. True. And Hongo is looking for these patterns. Yeah. Because yeah. he's made it his life goal to fight Shocker. So, so he's it probably be that it's never actually reported. Just that. Yeah. He's probably looking at the newspaper every day, listening to police reports. And he's he's on it. He's yeah. like Batman. Yeah. He's out there doing the, the research. That makes sense. Okay. Um, I guess. Okay. I can settle for that answer. Yeah. That even though... It w- it didn't say in the botanical garden. He said around that area. So it might have been houses beside yeah. it or other things. So he he says, maybe we should. Oh, this is this is when uh, Ruko is talking to the kid and says, isn't your mother worried? Oh, <laughs> and, yeah. And the kid just like, I got no mom. I got no mom. <laughs> It's just like, what about your dad? Uh, and then my dad's dead. <laughs> it's like, well, damn. Harsh, just straight up. I got no mom. My dad is dead. My sister got eaten by a plant. Yeah. <laughs> my parents are scared. <laughs> and obviously, this makes Hongo more inclined to help the kid. Right. Now his, his heartstrings have been tugged through. And he says, where do you live? He tells him where he li- The mm-hmm. kid tells him where he lives, and he says, let's go check to see if she's there. Right. Um, And he's like, okay. And this, like, peps the kid up. Mm-hmm. And it cuts to the kid running to an apartment complex. And he's, like, a whole 40 feet in front of him almost. Yeah, he runs up the stairs, and he opens up his door, and he's just like, sister, sister, you here? <laughs> Not there. Throws down his hat. Starts crying again. Yeah, sits back down, starts crying. No, not again. I love that move of grabbing his hat, winding up, throwing it down on the ground, getting on the ground, crying, picking back up the hat and covering his face. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I got to throw something that was so angry, but I wanted to cover my face with this hat, so. Oh, and then it basically goes to um, this, again, back to inner inner dialogue with Hongo, where he's picking up this picture Mm -hmm. of... Uh, the sister and Ken are in this in this photo together, and he's uh, basically you know doing the typical. He's just a kid. This is probably the only family he's got. You know, um, I got to do something. Yes. And he goes down. He kneels down at the kid, mm-hmm. and he says, "I am going to find your sister." Yep. And he grabs his hands to comfort him. Yeah, like do a little little tiny hand squeeze like you would. To and this let him is know that I'm here. This is reassuring you. And then it has the uh, there's a sound they play, kind of like the from like uh, six million dollar man to show that he's using his strength. It's kind of this crackling sound. And uh, Ken reels back in pain, and he goes like, "Stop!" And you look, and Ken's hands are all bruised. Yeah, he basically started to crush the life out of his little hands. And um, this is Hongo looks down his hands, internal monologue. I have a body that can't even comfort a child, which is actually really sad. Yeah, that's so it brought back that uh, that thing that we had in episode one leading into episode two that they kind of forgot about in episode three <laughs> about as far as the I mean, it is there. But yeah, um, it's actually showing you uh, why he's been worried about being a cyborg, because up to this point, you've got four episodes of him just using his kick ass powers and everything's awesome. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, well, I'm sorry, 30, three episodes of that. And then now we're here, finally, on episode four, and you actually get to see the drawbacks of having I mean, yeah, super strength. The one drawback, the only other drawback they've really shown is that he can't pour water very well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like he, he accidentally crushed the metal faucet thing. But, but now that was he like can't the give same a hug. Episode. He can't yeah. comfort somebody with his body. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, in the same episode, he jumps 3,000 feet in the air. Yeah. <laughs> he says he's going to go... Uh, find his sister, find her, uh, Ken's sister, and he walks out. And uh, Ken grabs a, mo- a a little plane and runs down and follows him outside. And he says, 
if you find my sister, I'll give you this plane. Yeah, it's a model plane that yeah. you, you know you probably make them as a hobby. Now, what I love about Hongo is that he takes it. Yeah. Because there's a interesting idea. It comes it came from uh comes from a lot of things, but it was really shown well in Angel. Do you ever watch Angel? I've seen a bit of it. In one of the episodes, he's a private investigator type thing. Yeah. But he solves supernatural cases. Yeah, I understand the character. Um, but he doesn't like asking people to mo- for money. Oh, he'll just do it because... So he he has two people who also work for him, but he has to pay them. And one of them tells another one, he's, you got to talk to him about it. You got to talk to him about it. He's got to... And so he goes up to Angel, and he says, well, about this. And then Angel's like, Angel says, I'm not comfortable asking for money. And the guy points out that the payment that, because he was saving this lady. Mm-hmm. The payment, getting receive, receiving payment from that lady means that she is responsible for getting saved. Okay. Because she hired him. If he just comes and saves her, gets no repayment for it, and then leaves, she has no power over that situation. Right. But if she pays him, he was an agent of her to right. save her. Okay. So, it's so it, gives, bit... it gives some of the power back to her. Right. That makes sense. And it's, it's a really good idea about it, where it's, uh, you know, even think about things like, police officers and firefighters we accept their help because we're paying taxes which fuel right. them yeah it's their duty and it's, par- and it's part of it part of it and i mean when you have to have your plumbing fixed you call a plumber he comes over and you pay him and you say i have got my plumbing fixed yeah <laughs> yeah because it's like it's part of your responsibility and so that's part of like and it actually comes in later around this thing accepting that payment brings the kid into part of helping to save his sister right yeah it's because now it's because he gave the model airplane even though he still would have done it anyways right but he's including the child in this saving which i think is cool yeah it's pretty cool even though congo doesn't need a model plastic model plane no that and and well so he leaves the kid and he basically runs off in the distance i was about to say (laughs) we're gonna see what happens to that model plane he goes back to the greenhouse yeah and starts investigating and he walks up and basically he he reads the sign and uh, sees that the plant pronounces somewhere. the word much better than we do. Yeah. Um, it's nice because it's a word that ends in a vowel sound. Mm-hmm. So it can be pronounced easier in Japanese. Yeah. Um, yeah when you're not making the made up uh, made up humanoid form of the the word, it actually sounds like a plant. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Mm, at the end of it. Uh, <laughs> out of nowhere, shock goons. Shocker yeah. goons just come out of nowhere with a knife attack. Just flings this really crude looking prop knife. <laughs> yeah, the other ones haven't been using knives. No, they've this is the first time. I don't think I've seen like, them use they've any used, kind of sharp weapon. Uh, they've used like a spear type thing, I think, at one point. But um, yeah, this is a throwing knife. He deflects it with the model, breaks the model. Yeah, <laughs> it lasted a whole two seconds. I mean, now if he doesn't find his sister. <laughs> He's got to buy the kid a new model. Yeah. Um, and then he goes after them, and they <laughs> – this is where – It seems pretty funny, yeah. This is where they had little plans. Yeah. <laughs> so so they, what, what are we going to do? <laughs> well, we're going to throw a knife at Hongo and then run. Yeah. Okay, it's like basically you have six goons sitting around. My <laughs> only thought is that they were around there doing something else. Yeah, it had to be that they stumbled on and they stumbled on because they know Hongo is common rider and he's gonna whoop their ass. Yeah, so they, I mean, like, they threw the knife and they're like, "We can't beat this guy, so we're just gonna distract him and then run away." Yeah, because the thing that was funny about this is that there's there's like five or six of them, and it it, it looks kind of like they just push the one guy forward. It's like you throw the knife. I mean, that, <laughs> throw the knife. Throw the knife. I mean, none of that's ever shown. We're it's just get that the car. <laughs> with the way that their their formation is, it's like you have this one guy that throws a knife and everybody just runs. Like somebody just broke a window with a baseball or something <laughs> yeah, like. And that. then they they get into their uh their Buick or whatever and drive away. <laughs> 
and Hongo oh. obviously gets on his bike that's right there and ready yeah. to go. I mean, why not? Right. Uh, and this is, the, and then we see that they have like James Bond kitted out car. Yeah. So the, he goes to chase him, and there's some. It looks like at first it looks like it's just exhaust, you know, exhaust coming out of the muffler. But then you come to find out it's really thick smog, and he like breathes it in, and he's like, oh. German gas. He says, it, he says it in English, German gas. <laughs> and, and what I think is hilarious about this is, uh, I mean, we know from what we've seen is that it's it's a Nazi theme as far as shocker. But how, how much gas has he been smelling that he can be like, that's German gas. The funny part is, the real funny part is in Japanese, they don't say, they don't use the word German. They don't use the word Germany. Mm-hmm. It's Deutsch. Deutsch. German is like an English word. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know what it would be, but it's just German gas. German gas. <laughs> yeah. I I can only imagine the 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 sniff test. Like maybe it's because he's a biologist, but Yeah, maybe, yeah. He's worked with stuff. Just tell, he's got like these canisters of toxic Which gas. Which makes me he's wonder like, if it if it was really like mustard gas and he's just so tough it doesn't stop him. Right. Yeah. He was probably, you know, he was coughing. He was coughing, but he just Shakes yeah. it off and keeps going. Yeah. Gas that probably would kill a normal person. It could, yeah, it's very likely, and it seems like something that you would want to have in a getaway vehicle for an organization like this. You get yeah. rid of the cops that are chasing you or whatever. And so the gas is bothering him, so he transforms. And Trans- no longer bothers him. Yeah. Well, he's got a mask. Yeah. <laughs> it's what common means. Come on. <laughs> and um, this transformation scene was a little bit longer. Yeah. Sometimes they need to pad out the episode a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just kind of cool, though. You actually got to see him go uh, through, and he's like, he had the outfit on, but not the helmet. I think this is the first time that I've seen him. They did it last time, but yeah. Yeah. This is the second time it's happened. But yeah, I mean, they don't have much in the way of special effects we've been talking about, so they make do with it. They do with what they can, and it's he's in the outfit minus the helmet. It zooms in on his head. Flashes to him without the helmet, with the helmet, without the helmet, to showing him changing back and forth, mm-hmm. and then he's common rider and the light eyes light up and he's following them and when the bike transforms i guess it goes faster yeah i think that there's like four or five no no, no there's at least six four to six more mufflers basically yeah. and they're jet like, engines on it yeah, yeah basically shooting out fire and whatnot and he's catching up and they turn sideways to try to block him and he's He's able to jump them. Yeah. Now, in my mind, I know it can't work out this way, but physically, I don't think this is possible. Maybe. I think he just lifts the bike up. Yeah, that's uh, probably what happens. He just, <laughs> he just maybe it's possible that he pushes the bike down and lifts it up with his yeah, own strength. Yeah, he d- and basically he does a. He just pop, he pops a wheelie with no ramp, no nothing. Just jumps. Just bunny over. hops over the. They drive off again, and he jumps off the bike. Yeah, because who needs a bike? When you can jump 40 feet in front of them. <laughs> so basically, it's he, he hops like, I want to say two or three times as they're trying to juke him. And so basically on foot, just doing these these hops to chase him down. Yeah. And it finally, the secret of his uh, teleportation is revealed. He just jumps. He just jumps so fast and so so long that you don't even notice. And so they get out to try to fight him. And this is probably the best choreo so far. Yeah, they're getting better at the choreography. Yeah, the whole series this is probably the best choreographed fight scene. Um, it's still in a quarry, which is a common rider staple. Mm-hmm. Fighting in a quarry, it's also a super sentai staple. Yeah, there's, there's always a quarry out somewhere. I mean, you'd you'd think with how many quarries these people are fighting in that Japan is just desolate wasteland, yeah. straight out of Fist of the North Star. But or it's Mad just Max. easier to light a quarry and get permission right. to fight in a quarry. So, um. <laughs> Which is, I think, was one of. Did you ever see the 2017 Power Rangers movie? No. There, they actually. Oh, fought. oh, oh, yes, yes, I have. The, a lot of it actually takes place in a quarry. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> it's like an actual quarry. That. Yeah. Uh he's fighting and he grabs one of the guys as they're all running off. And right before they all run off, they try to throw a knife. I think they were trying to hit their guy, but <laughs> um, he ducks out of the way, and so. It cuts to the shocker lab. Yeah. Uh, the lady, she's wake. The sister, she's waking up with a 
yeah, lot. Yeah, you get the you get the bleeds again. A lot of them. Um, the whole time. Uh, you kind of just zone it out after a while. Yeah. After like thirty, at like thirty seconds, you're like really. After a minute, you're like, oh, it's still going. I didn't even pay attention. Anymore. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> at first, it's it's really abrasive, but then it's like mechanical noise. You're just accepting it as a background <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, it would be much. It'd be much more comforting if it wasn't there. But then I I think the whole point is that it's not supposed to be. Comforting. Yeah, it's supposed to be. I mean, they do a lot of cinematography actually to do it. They they're at off angles. They swerve. They're very swooping in it to make you feel uneasy in this situation. Yeah, it wants you to be disoriented. Like I she mean, they never be. show. They like. They never show, uh, the giant shocker bird head on. It's always at an odd angle. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always they're either too close or too far away yep. to make you feel uh, really uneasy. It's it's really well what they've done with what they've with what, what little they yeah, got with, yeah. with how much money that they're putting into this scene. It's uh, it's well done. Shocker goons come in. And they speak. Yeah. Which is the first time in a while. Yeah, for real. I, I don't know if they've ever spoke yet. Because usually it's just, I don't know, I it's kind of hard to remember. It's, it all kind of blends in yeah. the first couple episodes. Um, They speak and say they uh, they encountered Hongo, and number three has been taken captive. Yeah. And Great Leader says, Plant Man, he, he calls him his name, but we call him Plant Man. Mm-hmm. Um, he knew the rules. Go kill him. Yep. So if you get captured, you're dead. Yep. Um, and Plant Man leaves, and this is when Great Leader monologues. Um, As he does. He does. He's not even monologuing. He is straight up expositioning. Yeah. He's explaining because I don't think he gets very much good conversation. No, I imagine he's just kind of lonely. He gets a lot of <laughs> bleeding. Yeah. He's like, I'm so sick of hearing So there beats. is – um. So even though it's a different lab, every episode's had a different lab, but they all have the same set. Right. Basically, basically, all the Shocker labs look the same. It's got the table where Hongo was in episode one. Makes sense. Same engineers, you know. Yeah, a little, a uh, couple stirrups up, and then Great Litter's thing is uh, above an upraised platform. Yeah, or, or a Nazi bird statue with yeah. the glowing eyes. Yeah. And, and there's a man on uh, the operating table and great leaders talking about how he is going to be tested for to see if he's worthy of becoming a shocker soldier. He's going to have 50,000 volts run through him. Yeah, he's been given they just don't do that randomly. He's been given uh the something solution, the pre like a preparation solution. Yeah, the preparation injection. Basically, they they set you up, they hit you with a syringe, dump it into you, wait a while. Then they shock you to see if it worked. It's shocker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and if it did work, you survive. If it didn't work, you're dead. Obviously, if it did work and you survive, you get sent off to become a full cyborg. Yep. Which means that this happened to Hongo just when he was unconscious during that. Yeah. Week. So we got to see a more involved process as far as how they are uh, uh, doing their thing. And so they do the test, and he survives at fifty thousand. He survives at fifty, and they jack up to a uh, uh, hundred thousand. I'm like. But you said 50. 50. What the heck? <laughs> it's like he didn't even give this poor guy a chance. He has a 600 IQ, for God's sakes. Well, no, he dies. So he, I, I'm thinking he was only like at 550. Yeah, he just didn't make the cut. 550. Maybe a state-level athlete, not an Olympic-level yeah, athlete. They, just, they, they lowered the bar. Yeah, so he's dead. Um, <laughs> and then they tell her, uh, we're going to... Um, we're gonna do. We're gonna do this test on you yep. in at noon, ready the injection. Mm-hmm. Now they don't show it, but I'm like, does she get injected? Is she like part cyborg? Yeah, because they they whip out the syringe and it's like dripping, so you know it's it's ready. They it actually comes into play later. Yeah, but um, and then it cuts to uh, Ken waking up out of a, a a dream. Yeah, and. He's at Ruko's house. Ruko's, they're watching after him. She's she's right next to him. And she says, you're okay. You're having a bad dream. You're at my house. We're taking care of you. Says it hasn't come back yet, but everything will be okay. And so Ruko and uh, Hiromi are both there. Mm-hmm. And there's a knock at the door. And they open the door. And it's Hongo with a shocker soldier over his uh, a soccer shol- soldier over his shoulder. It's just a, a shocker soldier over his shoulder. Okay. 
And the first thing he says is, anything unusual happen? <laughs> Lock the door. <laughs> He's carrying an unconscious man over his shoulder. Yeah. Anything unusual happen? No, who answers the door is Rumiko. Hurumi opens the door. And he takes the shocker soldier and throws him on the couch and starts tying him up. And that's when uh, Ruiko comes out and sees the shocker logo. Yeah. Because she's like, this guy's killed my dad. Yep. Um, and he and Hong goes like, okay, we got got some information. We got a, a little inf- a guest. We yeah. Have a guest. And um, we're gonna ask him a few questions. And so Hongo ties him up and then slaps him in the back. Yeah. Karate chops him in the back to wake him up. Gets him like a headlock. And, and then cuts away. No, he says, okay, you're gonna talk. And then cuts away oh. to Hongo going to the base. So apparently he squealed. Hongo's persuasive. Yeah, little, <laughs> little squealed cheese there gave up the ghost. I mean, when he's not even trying, he crushed bones. So. Right. <laughs> so you know, I I just at this point now, um, it's obvious that Rico's friend Romy's in on it, right? Like she knows everything clearly because there's they like, still don't know that Hongo's common rider at all. Right. Right. So they know that Hongo is working to take down Shocker. Right. But they can't put two and two together. Yeah, there's no way they can figure that out. It's just, yeah, it's, they both ride the same bike. It, it's it's well, the bike changes. It's it changes enough. Yeah, it's not. It's I mean, it's not like he's wearing glasses. This or one anything. has at least four more exhaust, uh, or four more mufflers at least. <laughs> yeah, and so they're all. Obvi- this is where we find out it's twelve o'clock at night. Yeah, it just jumped pretty fast. Well, that's because that's well, they went to win, um. Great leader said that her test was going to be at twelve o'clock. They went, they panned over to a clock, and they showed it to be like ten thirty. Okay, all right. So it isn't that big of a difference, right? Um, it was ten thirty or eleven thirty. It was pretty close. But I love it when they they cut th- the cut is, um, Hongo's got him in like this headlock, and he says, "Okay, you're going to talk," mm-hmm. and then it cuts to him just barreling down. Yep. And this is also where you, I mean, you know that we've seen it. It's pretty cool that uh, Fujioka, who plays Hongo, he does all the bicycle stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I learned that having a motorcycle license was one of the requirements to auditioning for the role. Oh, okay. Because they needed somebody to do all the best. Yeah. So he was already an experienced writer before. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so it goes, and he's a he's a pretty good writer. No mm-hmm. helmets, it's the seventies, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, and they, and it cuts. It's cutting back to Shocker Lab, Hongo racing towards them because they're putting her in to do the test. Right. And they're really a, I mean, it's the German Nazi precision, I guess, because they're really in waiting until the exact moment, because. <laughs> The clock's ticking. They're all set up, and the clock's just ticking to midnight. To midnight before they press a button that will yeah. shock her. I can. Only, We're not going to do it two seconds early. <laughs> I can only assume it has to do with the 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 pre injection, like because otherwise, what the heck? I they're think it's just, just like, them being very sticklers. <laughs> I, I think. I mean, they're all brainwashed. So yeah, you know, true. You know, midnight the, means midnight. Yeah, the supreme leader basically told you to do that. And that's what you're going to do. <laughs> yep. Um, there is an alarm that goes off right before they. T- uh, press the button, and it's Hongo basically honking his horn outside of their base. Right. It's it's like he didn't know the exact location of the base, so he just honked their horn until they came out. Yeah, <laughs> and what's interesting about this alarm is everyone reacts as if this is the first time they've ever seen or heard this alarm before. I mean, obviously you're going to be surprised that the alarm's going off, but you'd think that there would have at least been at least one drill, you know? Yeah. They- Luckily, it looks like that... Uh, I think Hongo was just like 12 feet away from the base when he captured the shocker drone because it's, it's the same core. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, I keep coming back to this spot and I'm always finding him here. Maybe this is just a nexus of evil or it's <laughs> cheap. Um, So they he, – he just drives his motorcycle on this group of shocker goons. Yeah. And he's fighting them on the motorcycle and he transforms and he keeps fighting them on the motorcycle. It's pretty – motorcycle centric fight yeah he just chases basically him chasing them them falling over and dying or running away you know and then um he he has like this there's just a quick clip of him looking at the wall uh, looking at this mound of dirt and there's a little light that flashes in the middle 
and it's like a sensor because he like knows where their base is mm. and so i'm guessing he can just like sense through things and then he just drives straight through the wall yeah this is a a common thing uh it happened a lot in skyrider a lot of people call it the rider break where he drives a motorcycle through a wall okay yeah they did that in kuga also when he went through the chapel doors and yeah nothing bad happens to your bike or you just I just remembered something what okay i mean this is a, a, a fallback to a previous episode but i'm going off stop so here so you remember the last episode of kuga uh-huh he says my bike my keys are with my bike his bike was in the burned down church we're gonna have to bring that up on episode two here because no but the Hopefully everybody's listening to these episodes. Oh, okay, yeah, fair enough. But that's why he didn't have his keys to get into his place. It wasn't just, I left my keys with my bike. It's in a burned-down church building. Would that not implicate you in some way? I don't know. (laughs) You just say the bike was stolen. But uh, so his keys were in the bike to start it. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So uh, like that whole thing makes a whole lot more sense now. Yeah, okay. Anyways, I just realized that when we were talking about it. Anyways, uh, so the the rider break. Uh, he he breaks. He's kicking them all, and breaks her free. And right as they're leaving to to uh, to doctor's attack, and right then a doctor with a syringe tries to stab him, and it stabs this other guy. And I think that's where the syringe was. So I don't think okay. she was injected. Okay. I think she was just going to be injected beforehand, and then so like immediate, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it's made up. Yeah, they can do whatever they, they want. can do whatever they want. And um. This is when she tells Ryder that the plant man has gone to kill a captive. Right. And so then um, it's it, it switches back to Ruko's house, to Ruko's apartment, and it's night, and you see the silhouette of the plant man in the window. Yeah, so I didn't get the, the horror movie start that I was expecting because it's the same writer's episode two, but here's where I get that uh, sort of they're definitely trying to tap into it as far as uh you know thing looming around the windows and then she look looks over quick but doesn't see anything and next thing you know she's running into the room with uh Hiromi and Ken in it and they say they saw him outside yeah and they're very, they're like holding each other and this over is in the where Ruka doesn't realize the world she lives in she's like what yeah, she's like no, there's nothing there you didn't see no anything. monsters it's like okay nothing about your character to this point has looked like the kind of person that's just going to disregard somebody's, and especially when you know the situation you're in, all the stuff you've seen. Yeah, you're just like, didn't happen. Don't it's just a, it. it's an artificial way to extend uh, tension, right? But then, basically, when they they uh, Ken's like, it looked exactly like the thing that ate my sister. Yeah, that's when she's like, finally, kind of getting it. And then they hear a clash or something like that. They go into the other room where the shocker soldier is, and. Plant Man's in there, and his goal, his main goal, is to kill the the Shocker. Yeah, basically squeezes him into his chest, like think Cell from Dragon Ball Z, just but without and, the injection, but, just and with like a crushing. And it's done really well because it zooms in and you show him shaking, and everyone and every moment you're like, oh, they're gonna cut away and something's gonna happen, and then he just keeps. It's one scene and he just keeps crushing, and it, yeah, he was faking it. the the actor was faking that there was something there and just keeps crushing. Yeah. It. And crushes the shocker gun and absorbs him. Yeah. And uh, at this point, I had this thought where I'm sitting here going, like, did Hongo seriously take a highly trained killer that at least passed a, a subliminary test to become a warrior or whatever? Not, I can't remember exactly what they said in episode three, but uh, just, yeah, did a little bit of tying him up. And he's like, okay, see you two women and a little child. He, he trusts them. Yeah. That's a, that is a thing. It's like, Hongo really does like trust Rumiko to just be good. Yeah, it's like, hey, good luck. Yeah, you're good. I don't know if it's incompetence or he just really trusts her. Yeah, he's just really trusting. Oh, uh, this is a train killer here. You got him. Good. I'm gonna go attack the base. I mean, there could be tracking devices. There could be anything. But the funny thing is, is she still does not know he's common rider. So he's just like, watch this. I'm back. I'm gonna go to the store. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially with the, how this plant thing found him, there has to be tracking devices. Then the uh, then the plant man starts to attack them. He whips out the vines and he's starting to strangle them. And then it's the reverse of his entrance, where you see uh, 
Kamen Rider's eyes light up. Yep. And then a light appears behind him. Mm-hmm. This is probably what happened. He had to set this up. Right. But the whole time, <laughs> it's been cutting back, and you've been seeing him race towards the yep. thing. And uh, so then he starts fighting him inside the, the apartment. Mm-hmm. Jumps through the window. Jumps through the window. And then one classic Kamen Rider scene changed, and they're back to being outside. And uh, in a quarry. And a quarry with a couple mother sh- shocker goons. <laughs> and so he beats up the shocker goons and he's fighting the plant man. And they do some interesting whip tricks. He reps him up with a whip and flips over him. And then Kamen Rider flips over him. Yeah, they're then, basically <laughs> having a weird tug of war battle. Yeah. And I, I forgot to mention this entire time through all the fight scenes. And uh, there's been two or three of them. He'll use all of the goons are carrying around this basically vine whips. You know, mm-hmm. these vine whips. I. I'm not just like making a pun here and uh, constantly he'll disarm them and then use that same yes. whip to just fling them he's, around. Like he's, he's not scared to use their weapons. Yeah. And so in this case now you've seen him versus the, the guy and they're both holding opposite ends of this thing and they're, they're trying to jostle each other and, and get position. And so finally um, after this repeated sort of, I tug you, you flip and then you tug me and then I flip the, the he tugs the creature, the plant man goes flipping at which point he just flips himself into a rider kick. And this is, I think, the first time he actually yells rider kick. I think so. And he does a flip, does a couple, they do some nice cuts to show mm-hmm. these, and he does rider kick. And then, boosh, there's the finish. Kills him. Basically kicks him into a, I don't know, that disintegrating pace sort of thing that happens. Yeah. Where, But only in this case where you didn't see him just, you know, flash out of existence or become a puddle that absorbed into the ground. This time you see his, like, uniform slide behind a rock yeah so i mean they're they're exploring new ideas to get rid of their enemies i mean they're trying different things you know right and then uh he's going to go back onto this motorcycle to drive away and then um ruko hiruko and ken come out and i think ken thanks him and common rider like rubs his head a little hair jostle and drives off and and he's just like who is that and the girls are like, that's common Rider. And then as soon as they finish that sentence, here comes Hongo. Now, uh, they, they turn and there's there's his sister. There's Ken's sister. And Hongo's right there. After he just, I mean, he's quick. He is fast. <laughs> just He has enough time to teleport and fix his hair. And I'm still wondering, does this sister know it's common Rider? Because common Rider was the one that saved him. Yeah. See, I feel like she's in on it, but she's just not going to say He could have been also, uh, as common Rider, he'd be like, wait here. I got a friend coming to get, get you. He's going to take you the rest of the way. True. And you know, Hongo shows up, and he's like, common Rider sent me. I mean, yeah, your escort is here, my lady. Um, and they hug, and then it cuts off to, um, to the university. Yep. And it's just Hongo going to his job, you know. And then Ken and his sister come in, are like all happy and stuff like that. And then Hongo picks him up and like jostles his head. And um, Ken's just like, that's just how Common Rider did it. And he's just like, uh, <laughs> Common Rider's way stronger than me. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not such a strong man. <laughs> and this is where it goes back and forth, where this is where he emphasizes the fact that, that Ken helped get her back. Because Ken was the one that basically paid him to go do it. Right. Yeah. And saying that he was all brave for getting his thing. And Hongo's like, sorry, I can't. You know, it's, it, Hongo's almost like, I'll give it back to you or something like that. And the kid's like, no, it's a, it's a man's promise. Yeah, it's a man's <laughs> promise. And um, and it zooms in on his teeth again. Oh, yeah. Just <laughs> and his sister says he'll buy him a new, new model for being good and all you know, not having a nervous breakdown when she was eaten by a plant. Yeah. And then they go off and <laughs> she, they bow to him and thank him. And then he starts walking towards work. And then, then comes the narrator doing like this sweet, like really sorrowful thing saying that yeah, people rely on other people, friends, siblings, lovers for their love and their support, but none for Hongo yeah. Takeshi. Takeshi doesn't get that love. As a cyborg, he's got to stand in by himself and attack and fight against the evils of Shocker and walks <laughs> off. And it's like, and it it really does like, it does emphasize his character uh-huh. in a way. Because he's happy for other people, even though he knows he can't have that same thing. Right, yeah. So it's it's pretty cool. 
So one of the, the most 1970s thing about this episode is the way the kid's dressed. Like the entire time he's got these, I, I don't even know what to call them. I guess these days women would wear them and they'd be like booty shorts. Yeah, they're, they're, you know. they're small overall type things. Yeah. and But he's still got, at the very end of the last scene, he's got this uh, little jacket on, probably from school or something. I'm not really sure. but So he's got these little booty shorts on and um, a jacket that, is a little bit too big for him, or it would look great if it had pants with it. <laughs> it's a look. And I'm wondering when that went out of style for elementary school kids, the uh, the very, very short shorts that thankfully are gone now. They might still wear them. They but might still <laughs> wear them, yeah. I don't know. Japan doesn't change fashion that much. Uh, the modern fashions change, but I was actually thinking about this while watching this episode that – even though this is 1971, all three of the main females in this have hairstyles that are perfectly fine now. Yep. That would not be the case if you're watching a show from 1970s nope. in America. Nope. <laughs> I mean, there, there might be like two or three that stand the test of time as far as them being just kind of average. But, um, yeah, a lot of times you have these weird like popped up things with like a hairband or some sort of like weird curl. Yeah, they all have perfectly fine hairstyles right now. <laughs> Sucks Sukhoi. Sucks So I think I'll go first. You got it. For the suck. It's a good episode. It was a good episode. It's it's hard to think of I mean, always the easy thing is the special effects and stuff like that. Right. But you can't blame the nineteen seventies for the special right. effects. Right. At a certain point you gotta kinda um, I think the only thing that I probably will bother me is that the girls don't know that he's Kamen Rider. Yeah, it's like, come on. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty obvious. I understand the concept of a secret identity. Right. I've been reading comic books since I was a little kid. I understand the concept. I also understand the concept of not needing it. Right. Because he doesn't need it and especially in this case where the villains they, already know yeah they're already injected into the the turmoil like the they're right there the only reason i think that he wouldn't want it is cuz he doesn't want them to look at him differently you know i feel like that's really part of it is that him playing uh off of the emotion that he can't be regular anymore there, there is this whole thing of, and also he f- i believe he feels tainted yeah, like he's not, the, especially because it was done against his will. It's not like, he and, and it was done by Shocker. Yeah. He's one step away from being the monster. He's, yeah, he's he just didn't. He didn't it's, have it's the a, one. It's a, it's a overarching theme in Common Rider. Because technically, all they have to do now is capture him, give him the mind control, and then yeah. there you go. There, there's always just one step away, the hero from the villain usually, mm-hmm. and we see that in in, uh, I mean in Kuga. Right. Uh the the belt looks like it came from a, a major grown key double he's using uh the same guy he, memories he's using yeah. guy memories in zero one the bad guys are using belts too yep and so it's a to the degree is various back and forth on each season but there usually is uh and a connection between the villain and the hero's power mm-hmm which is usually also the motivation for the hero to fight the villain. Right. Pete. So that would be the only thing that I think of, but it still bothers me that he doesn't have a secret identity, that he has a secret identity from spe- spe- specifically Ruko. She's the only main character. Hiromi, right. whatever. Right, like, you know? yeah, whoever. But Ruko, who's, like, always there and should it's obviously like giving out information. Because Tachibana knows. Yeah, Tachibana. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I agree. Um, as far as my choice is... It cannot be overstated just how annoying those bleats are. I mean, oh, the sounds. It, and it's one of those yeah. things where it, it would be fine if that's their general form of communication, like if he's doing some sort of movement or something, and then he makes the bleats. But no, no, he'll just be standing there doing nothing, providing nothing to the scene, doing nothing but being in the background, and you <laughs> still hear that. <laughs> I can only imagine. Can you imagine that they're at a meeting? The annoyance you're hearing right now is the annoyance of the show. Yeah, uh, somebody's trying to talk. You're talking in. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> you just imagine they're at like a meeting and they're getting around. They're like, okay, this is the plan we're going to have right now. And then somebody just looks over and is like, can you shut the hell up just for two seconds? Please. 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 
Ow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it, it, seriously. It, it, uh, it's the same thing I noticed about episode two with the bat sounds. I think I even brought that up. Yeah. It's, it's just that uh, there's less is more for yeah. this kind of thing because it's not creeping me out. It's just pissing me off. I think there is a whole thing. You know when you're any new type of media, it takes a while to get the feel of how the media is supposed to be done. Uh-huh. And like how even now shows are written differently because now you can binge them. Right. You know, uh, I think that is the weakness of them not knowing fully how to do um, tokusatsu yeah. quite yet. Plus, plus, there's been 50, 50 years of cinema between then and now Yeah, that, you know, a lot of trial and error has done a lot of It's uh, okay to feedback. have silence sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it's nice to just be like, ah, I can think. There was an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, when her mom died. And her mom died of, like, a brain aneurysm. Totally mundane thing. Mm-hmm. Totally shot, shocked the whole show. There was no music in the entire show. In the entire that entire episode, there was no background music. And it was surreal. Okay. And so you're watching this whole thing, and it made it feel more real. Right. Which was the whole thing. That she her mom just died of brain aneurysm. There was no magic behind it. There was nothing that could be done. Yeah, nobody to be angry at. Yeah, there was no... I mean, they had to deal with, like, the ambulance and uh, being at the hospital and going to... She had to go tell her sister that her, their mom was dead and like, but no background music to the entire thing. So it was really powerful, but uh, they don't realize that silence can be powerful mm-hmm. yeah, because they have all these cool sounds. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. no. So Goy is, I would have to say, just the improved uh, uh, choreography of the fight scenes. Definitely. With the rider kick. And all this, this episode specifically, it starts to feel, it's funny, but it starts to feel like Common Rider now. Yeah, it definitely seems like Hongo's had a lot more time uh, practicing with this particular stunt crew, at the very least, yeah. as far as they're uh, playing off each other, especially that first fight scene. Like, it actually looked like a punch connected. Yeah. Like, a really strong punch connected when he's on top of this guy, and he's, like, rearing up way back, and then he slams his fist you, down. You especially him. saw it, because we watched the end credits, um... And that was an earlier fight scene. Right. You can see the the difference between that like five minutes Huge ago. You difference. were just watching, like yeah, because you eat like whiff one foot of air past this dude's yeah. face. But this one, no, it looks like the guy actually took the punch. They're they're getting much more into being. They're figuring out what common writer means, and they're mm-hmm. getting more comfortable in it. So that was my segue. Um, for me, I'm just happy that they're going back to uh, a more interesting Hongo. I mean. Obviously, that was always the thing. That was the the idea was that he's tortured by being a cyborg. But now they're actually showing it. They're actually doing stuff with that. It's not just uh, a plot device that you're just supposed to keep in mind. Whenever he does something, now it's actually coming into play. So I thought that was really cool. Um, like I told you, it was, it was like yeah. more more Hongo in this episode. It's definitely it's definitely a better Hongo episode than the last couple episodes. Yeah. So that that was nice because you know. Uh, one of the my main critiques for this series so far has been how quickly they've done away with plot points that I thought should have stuck. Yeah, you know, episode two, we're which, done with Rika. Funny. Episode three, his friends it, dead it's, now. It's funny because I I know the feeling you had when you watched episode one. You're like, is it gonna be like 45 episodes of her believing she did it? And the next uh-huh. episode, they finish, and you're like, well, I wanted to be wrapped up, but not this quick. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, maybe <laughs> maybe six episodes. Like, come on. <laughs> and then like uh, here we are, episode four, and there's like no mention of his his longtime rival who died turned, last episode. You know? <laughs> so it, I think that maybe to him, he wasn't a longtime rival. The other guy was obsessed <laughs> with him and he's just like, here's a guy I saw every yeah, once in a yeah, while. He, he, <laughs> he was whipping that ass on the daily. It's <laughs> so it got so obsessed. He under volunteered for cybernetic augmentation. Yeah. I was just like, Hey, some guy. Yeah. There's like, a, there's like 11 people like this. It's, it's my day to day life. Oh, you mean I beat him? I beat everybody. <laughs> That's why they tried to, well it's, well, it's not why they tried to turn him into cyborg. They did. Yeah. They just didn't do the brainwashing part. So now we come to writer ranking. Writer ranking. Um, so the... I'm di- I'm guessing Hongo's not going to go farther down, so I'll just give you the, the Hongo up. Yeah. So Hongo is number three right now, mm-hmm. uh, with two being Kuka and one being double. Yeah, see, this is rough because, you know, usually I try to do my bigger changes by... 
you know the, the end, end of the rotation, of, end of the rotation, because it's easier to see what's going on. I think right because now because you have one more episode with Hongo than you have with everybody else. Right. So right now, I think it is safe to say at least one jump. Yeah. I want I want to put him at two right now. Put Kuga down to three, and that's not because Kuga is not great. I just feel like more more Hongo this this episode. Um, way better fight scenes compared to some of the other the earlier fight scenes. I feel like Kuga can still you know come back up to two, but uh, it's definitely now a fight for. Uh, first, second, and third, and who knows what's going to happen with the rest of the episodes as far as what everyone's bringing to the table, and with how how hard zero one dropped, anything could happen. Yeah, you know. And I'm pretty sure I've now I've had a whole week to uh, recover from that shock, so I, I imagine zero one's going to come back up a little bit. But I meant to go back and rewatch that and see if maybe it was just a translation. It, yeah, you know, I thought about. Um, Seeing if we could try a different subtitle or something yeah, and see, see if, if it, it made a little bit more sense. And we might do that if, yeah. if you're down for it, just so that way I don't have this lingering sense of uh, distaste yeah. with the character. Especially, yeah, because it's just too jarring, too jarring. Yeah. So um, our next episode, our next episode will be uh, Kuga. But our next episode of Kamen Rider will be... Monster Mantis Man. Monster Mantis Man. I don't know. That actually sounds kind of cool. Triple M. I'm feeling it. I mean, it's not Triple M in Japanese, but yeah. Oh, no, of course not. But here we are in America. Um, in America. 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 Uh, Monster Mantis Man. Uh, the best part about that is that we don't have to worry about trying to pronounce Sarasarian. Uh, Sarasarian? Sarah, Sarah, yeah, yeah, whatever that is. We, we Instead of saying Plant Man, we can just straight up call it what it is. Mantis Man. Mantis Man. Yeah. Uh, just Man Man. Man Man. It's just going to be like a gorilla. Man Man. And it's not like ma- messed up where I keep wanting to say Man Bat, but it's it's Bat Man. It, it's Mantis Man, uh, which I think actually was a hero at one point. Anyways, there's I'm sure there's a superhero Mantis Man. I'm sure. But this is going to be interesting because Hongo is themed after grasshoppers right and mantis yeah. close relation to mm-hmm. him so we any final thoughts no same thing i'm saying every week just looking forward to it well guys we're gonna wrap it up here if you have any questions or comments about the show you can email us at fanboyopinion at gmail or if you just want to give your own opinion on some of the stuff we were talking about you can hit us up on twitter at fanboy underscore opinion Plus, we have additional information on our website, fanboyopinion.com. And uh, you can listen to us for sure on Spotify and hopefully on the podcatcher of your choice. If we're not on it, please let us know. Uh, We'll try to get it there. Also, it'd really help out if you rate and review us. That being said, I hope you had a great time. I know I did. As always, I'm Eugene. And I'm Eric. And we'll see you all next time.